Going into these practices as a mentee with a growth mindset means that you have skills and knowledge. You're just itching to let it loose and practice it. But in the practicing will be failure, and in that failure will be growth. Welcome back to That Vet Life, a podcast for veterinary mentors and mentees. If you're new around here, well, let me just say welcome to the party. I'm your host, Dr. Mariah McCauley, and this week on the podcast, we are answering the question of what it looks like to be a good mentee. And to answer that question, I took to the Instagram polls and I asked you guys that question. And so today on the podcast, we're going to see what you said a good mentee looks like. So if you are a veterinary student going into an externship, or you are a new grad who is starting out in a mentorship relationship at your practice, this is the episode for you. And it's going to be a bit more of a mini-sode, so hopefully... um, Well, not hopefully. Definitely, we're going to have to have a second episode to go over the question of what does it look like to be a good mentor? So with that, without me rambling on for too much longer, let's jump into today's episode. All right, you guys. So welcome back to the podcast. Like I said in the intro, we are taking to the Instagram polls which apparently Instagram is like dying out. Hopefully that's not the case because I love using these Instagram polls just to get a taste of what is going on in your lives and your mentorship experiences so I know how to best speak to what's going on in your lives. But regardless, I do want to kind of preface all of this by saying this is by no means peer-reviewed research. You can't use it for any kind of scientific background. It's just a snapshot as to what is going on in the general Vetstagram world. And so if you are answering these polls, thank you. It gives me something to talk about. But it also just, again, gives me an insight as to what's going on in your lives and how we can support each other as a community. So this week, the question that I put out to you guys was, what are the characteristics of a good mentee? I did also ask, what are the good characteristics of a good mentor? And so we're going to cover that in another episode. Today, we're going to focus on the mentee. And we also asked, or I also asked your mentorship experience. I asked about that and I said, was it a positive experience? Was it a negative experience? What were the facets that made it positive, made it negative? Was it your mentor? Was it your colleagues? Was it the practice management? Was it the clients? What clients? Was it something else entirely? So that's what we're going to dive into today. So essentially, if you are a veterinary student or you are a new grad, this is an episode directly for you guys. If you're going into those externships, if you're going into your first job and you want to know what do I need to do to fulfill my role as the mentee in this mentee-mentor relationship? Because it is not one-sided, as we've talked about in previous episodes. It is a two-way street. You have to bring something to the table. And so this is a way for you to think through your own personality and think through how you approach scenarios to say, all right, yes, I, I can do this. Or do I need to work on different aspects of myself so that I can bring more of who I am to the table? So that's the goal of today's episode. So with that, when I asked the question of what are the characteristics of a good mentee, you guys gave some awesome answers and there were quite a few. But what I did is I went through and picked the top four of the most common characteristics that you talked about. So with that, the number one characteristic that all of you guys talked about as being a characteristic of a good mentee was that you were willing to learn. 
That was the most common thing. It would have been a miss if I were to not include it here. And the other three things that were on that list was that a good mentee is curious, a good mentee asks questions, and a good mentee is a team player. There are definitely a few other things that were added into this list, but the most common or the one that I saw the most often were these four. So willing to learn, curious, ask questions, and team player. Now, I feel that it's a little bit of a blanket statement when people ask, what are the characteristics of a good mentee? They are willing to learn. Awesome. But what does that mean? That's what we're going to dive into a little bit deeper here. Because when you go to a practice and you're doing an externship or you are a new grad, there are like it's I feel like it's just a uh, we wouldn't be doing it justice if we just said you have to be willing to learn. Because what does that actually look like? What does it look like as you present yourself? Not just as you present yourself, but also just who you are in that practice. Like, what are the things that your colleagues or other the other staff members are going to say, wow, that person is really invested in here. They actually want to be here. All of that ties into that willingness to learn. So I came up with a an even deeper list. <laughs> I have like four different arrows going off of the willingness to learn. And these would be the four things that if you, gosh, I want to be careful on how I talk about this because it's not a checklist of you do these things, you will have been titled willing to learn and they will like you. Like that's not how any of this works. But there are different aspects of everybody's character as a person that you can show these and that is um, makes it more of your own personality. It makes it more of an individual representation. So when you are an extern or you are a new grad, the four things that would encompass this idea of being willing to learn is that you're going to be prepared, you're going to respond well to criticism, you're going to have a growth mindset, and you're going to have a positive response to failure, which that, I mean, all of these kind of tie together. But when I think of the mentees that I've had in my own practice, or things that I've struggled with as a mentee, these are the the four things that I've come up with when I look at the phrase willing to learn. So let's dive into this a little bit more. So when you are willing to learn, you are going to come prepared. And I'm going to tie this into the growth mindset a little bit. But in general, so if you're an extern, you're coming to the practice, you are a new grad who's coming into this mentorship mentee relationship. Before you even step foot into the practice, one thing that will show this practice that, and also show yourself that you are there to learn, you're there to get some knowledge, get some skills, and provide something to the practice is that before you even step foot in, you will have asked the question about mentorship to say, hey, what does this mean to you guys? What will it look like for me to step foot into this practice? How will we go about asking questions? What are the things that you want me to jump right in? So a little bit of setting up those expectations for you as a mentee, but also for them as mentors. This is that two-way street that's really important is they also have to be willing to take a little bit of feedback and understand where you're coming from. What year you are in vet school tells them what kind of classes you've taken, what kind of skills classes have you had, like what are the skills that you're bringing in your toolkit to this practice so that they know how to ask questions. So this is like that, this is a level of preparedness that I feel a lot of students don't necessarily think about, which is why we're talking about it here. Because if you go to that practice and you signed up to say, I'm going to be there for those two weeks, 
If you then reach out to the person who's going to be your mentor and you say, hey, I want this to be really successful for both you and for me and for your practice, because I don't just want to be there just learning. I want to be able to provide something to your practice. Asking what that mentorship is going to look like will kind of make them step back and say, ooh, we got a good cookie here. <laughs> like This is someone who's not just thinking about themselves, but is also thinking about the team that they will be a part of. So remember that team player aspect. A lot of lines getting uh, connected here on this little spider web of all these characteristics. So prepared in the before you've even stepped into the practice aspect. But then also on that day one, other little things that you can put on that checklist is that, A, you're dressed appropriately. And that's one of those things you can ask as well is, what is the attire that I, you would like for me to wear? Because some places will be like scrubs all the way. Others will say we like business professional. Even others will say scrubs in a white coat or business professional in a white coat. Like, and it all, it all just ties in. So those are good questions to ask. And even so, like a good practice will hopefully tell you those things without even being prompted. But some people need a little bit of a reminder, which is absolutely fine. So have those conversations beforehand. Be prepared in your questions and also be prepared in a growth mindset. So, of course, you want to show up and be like, oh, my gosh, I have all this knowledge. I have these skills that I've just been introduced to. I want to practice them. I want to show them off. I want them to see how good of a student I am. These are all the things that were going through my head as I went to externship. So that's why it's coming out in that sing-songy voice. Apologize. But uh, these are all the things that I know as a student you're thinking about. It's also really important to go into it knowing that you are going to fail at some things that you are not going to know the answers to a lot of things. And I mean a lot. And that is absolutely okay. That's why you are going to these externships. That's why you are starting out in a practice that is providing mentorship. Because vet school, as awesome as it is, and yes, vet school is rather awesome when you think about it, it will provide you with the necessary skills and knowledge to help you survive it is everything that you do after that point that will turn you into an awesome veterinarian. So essentially, um, it's like you've learned information that is a mile wide and an inch deep. And you go to these practices or you start out in work and you realize you need information that's about an inch wide and a mile deep in certain areas. Now, just before we get on with the show, a quick word from our sponsor, which is the Thrive community from us here at VetX. If you're struggling with managing time, feeling like you're an imposter or burning out, then you need to make a change. The good news is you are not broken. You're not a bad fit for the profession. Much more likely you are missing some super important foundational skills no one is teaching at university. Skills that you will learn as part of our VetX community. The Thrive Community is a race-accredited professional skills course where members receive training, toolkits, and one-to-one -one coaching to develop these skills. So join hundreds of other vets who've changed their careers for the better as a Thrive member. To learn more and find out if the class is a good fit for you, visit vetxinternational.com today. Now back to the show. So I hope you enjoyed part one. Now we're going to get back to part two of that Vet Life podcast. Over to you, Mo. So, going into these practices as a mentee with a growth mindset means that you have skills and knowledge. You're just itching to let it loose and practice it. But in the practicing will be failure, and in that failure will be growth. 
And this is great and awesome to talk about as I'm sitting here in my computer, in front of my computer, a few years out from graduating. But I will say, when you're in that moment where things are uncomfortable and you've messed up and you have to have someone help you fix it or you have to go and read up on something because you got it wrong, it doesn't feel good. But that's okay. That means you're growing. It means you're stepping outside of your comfort zone. So if you keep that long-term goal of because you failed, you will grow. And as a result, you will become an even better veterinarian because being a veterinarian is just practice, constant practice. It will help you grow faster. Uh, it will help you gain more confidence. And it will also help you in how you interact with those around you. Because if you're constantly, it keeps you humble, honestly, is the best way to put it. Being a veterinarian keeps you humble because you are going to get things wrong as a student. You're going to get things wrong as a veterinarian. But if you go into it with a growth mindset, knowing that, okay, if I fail at this, it doesn't mean I'm a bad vet, doesn't mean I'm a bad student. It just means I have an area that I can focus down and grow in. That's all it means. So going into these practices prepared, going into them with a growth mindset, that also ties into our response to failure. So again, if you go into it with a growth mindset, knowing that you're going to fail at some point, that means that when you do fail, A, it's not going to hurt near as bad, but B, you're also going to have an appropriate response to failure, which is, huh, that didn't go the way that it should. Let me learn how to do it better so I can have a better outcome for these future patients and also better outcome for the clients, better outcome for the staff, better outcome for you. So going into it with that positive response to failure rather than saying, oh my gosh, I got it wrong. That means I'm a bad student. That means I didn't learn anything. Everybody else knows more than I do and kind of doing that negative spiral. It's okay like if you have that for a couple seconds, but pull yourself out of that. Realize you're not unique or special for feeling that way. Everybody goes through it, and that will help you in how you respond to it. And those are also great opportunities where you can bond better with your mentor to say, hey, that didn't feel good that I got that wrong or that you had to correct me on it. But how do we, here's that team bit, we move forward from here. How can I do this differently or improve on my skill or improve on my knowledge? Do you have a book that I can go and read about this in? Asking those questions will be very important for building that network for you as a veterinarian, but also just having more resources to know, hey, if I need to go look up that drug, this is the resource that I should go to. Or, hmm, I have a question about this particular type of medicine. That's the, the specialist that I should go and call. Building out those kind of skill sets um, will be beneficial. So that last little thing. So remember, we talked about being prepared, having a growth mindset, responding to failure. And the last one is how you respond to criticism. Now, if you are like most veterinary students, and I say most because not everybody is like this, but you're a bit of a, a type A, you go into these practices going, yeah, I know some awesome stuff. I'm maybe top in my class or top middle in my class. I do really well in my skill classes. So I'm going to be able to show this practice that I am an awesome vet. And they give you something simple like a blood draw on a dog and you just royally mess it up speaking from experience. So, um, and I wouldn't say royally messed it up, but it definitely did not go as smoothly as I anticipated. And I was like, yeah, yeah, they're not going to think I'm a good vet now if I can't do a stupid blood draw. Not the case at all, because it was how I responded to the criticism I got, which criticism, first off, criticism isn't necessarily bad. It isn't necessarily negative. 
it is an opportunity for growth. And that is the the mindset you should have. So going back into that growth mindset um, phase. But if essentially, this is also something that when you are talking with your mentor in the start, they should ask you or you should talk to them about how each of you responds to criticism. Because some people, they don't like just because of how they're growing as a person, maybe they don't like to take any form of criticism in front of others. It could be that they have some past trauma that they are just working through. And so taking any level of criticism in front of others, they don't actually hear the criticism. They just have more of an imposter feeling going on and they don't actually take anything away from that. So Some people, they prefer to be taken into a quiet room to be told anything, even if it's something small. Other people are like, I don't care. Just tell me it. I need to know it in the moment in order for me to have a good connection to what went wrong or what wasn't done well. Otherwise, if you wait till the end of the day, I've forgotten what it was and I have no connection. So this is the kind of thing that you should be talking with your mentor about is um, how do you like to take criticism. And then also a good self-reflection is how do you respond to criticism right now? Do you get immediately defensive and respond in a way that says, I couldn't have never done anything wrong. Why are you even talking to me about this? First off, that's not a good way to respond to criticism. Just saying. So a good little bit of self-reflection is have some honesty with yourself in how you respond to criticism. And maybe if you are working on this, like you can bring it up in that conversation to say, hey, Right now, I am working on how I respond to some criticism, so I apologize, but please call me out on it. Like That's another important thing is working as a team, is giving others permission to call you out on certain aspects of your behavior. And that shows that you are willing to grow. It shows that you're willing to become a better human and a better veterinarian. So that was a whirlwind tour in defining what it looks like to be willing to learn. And granted, There could be a whole on episode about this sort of topic. I'd love to talk with a someone who has a bit more of a professional background in it. But that is just what I've come across in my few years as a veterinarian and in my few experiences of being a mentor and um, what I've looked for in my mentees, but then also in my own mentorship relationships and the feedback that I've gotten about my own personal behavior and how I'm looking to grow. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of an insight and provides some questions to ask when you are going into your first mentorship experience or going into an externship, just so that you can be a little bit more prepared and um, start out on the right foot with these different practices and provide yourself more opportunities to grow as an individual and as a veterinarian. So with that, let's jump into the other questions that I looked at in this Instagram poll. So in another episode, we're going to cover the good characteristics of a mentor. So the other thing that I asked was about your own personal mentorship experiences. And I asked, was it positive? Was it negative? What were the things that made it such? And I got some interesting responses I think I got a couple hundred responses on this, so the the numbers are relatively trustworthy. But in general, out of the people that responded to the poll, 61 said that their overall mentorship experience was positive. And I was like, woohoo, that's at least more than half. (laughs) Not near as high as I would have liked it to be. And 39% roughly said that it was negative. So hold on, let me do some quick maths here. So in the positive category, I asked, okay, so what are the things that made your mentorship positive? And I asked, was it the mentorship? I mean, the actual mentor that you had? Was it the colleagues that you worked with? Was it the practice management? 
or was it something else? And in decreasing percentage, the main thing that made it a positive experience were the colleagues. So the people that they worked around, probably those vet nurses, those vet assistants, those receptionists, the other doctors, but in general, the people in your environment that make up the culture of your practice, which culture, this is... um somewhat difficult word to define in in different aspects, but the the definition of culture that I'm going to use is the set of behaviors that have become accepted as normal is that is what makes up the culture of your practice. And so that comes from the colleagues that you work with. So colleagues versus culture, that was the big thing that made your mentorship experience positive. After that, we had 25%, I guess I should tell you that 51% said colleagues, 25% said your mentor themselves. So that's a pretty, pretty good thing to see that the mentor was also a really important part in the whole mentorship experience. 17% said other, I didn't really get an answer as to what other meant. But 7% said the management, which we always kind of forget about, like the management is really important in helping to influence the culture of the practice because that plays into how happy your colleagues are. But it was good to see that there was at least some that had a positive experience from it. So then let's look at the negatives. This is where I feel like we're going to learn a lot together. Here we go. Oh, boy. So 39% said that you had a negative mentorship experience. 43% said that was because of practice management. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) While practice management may not have brought much to the table on the positive side, it definitely brought a lot to the table on the negative side. And I find that a lot of times when it comes to practice management, so the upper people that you don't always get to work with, I mean, part of their job is they end up being the bad guy. They do the jobs that no one else wants to do. So sure, they're going to show up as the negative sides. But there is also just, I hear about people that they work with practice management and they're like, they never responded to what I needed. I did not feel supported or just listened to. So those are the big kind of takeaways from that. But 43%, that's nearly half of the reason that people had a negative mentorship experience was not because of the mentor necessarily, not because of their colleagues, it was because of the management. So After management, we have 26% said their mentor, which this is kind of interesting in that 25% said that their mentor made it a positive experience and roughly the equal amount, 26%, said that their mentor made it a negative experience, which that's a whole episode in itself in why is it that mentors, the people that are supposed to make this a really good, awesome experience, they're the ones responsible for making it a super negative experience. And like I said, that is a whole episode in itself. We're going to spend some time on that in the future. Don't you worry. <laughs> that answering that question of who is teaching the mentors? Who is making a mentor a mentor? Hmm. How do we help the people that want to be mentors? So, okay, before I go down that bunny trail, that is something, again, we're going to touch on in a future episode. 22% said other. Again, I didn't really get an answer as to what other meant. It just all encompassing everything else. And then 9%, I added clients into the, the negative experience, but honestly, only 9% of people said that the clients made it a negative experience, which it does beg the question. And again, I don't have an answer for this. This is just speculation that the fact that clients made it a negative experience probably ties into the practice management and the the upper heads that maybe they wanted a client fired or a client treated them poorly, they didn't get fired, or they never felt that they got closure for an experience with said client. So 
again, that's speculation. I'd love to hear from you guys why you think that is. But I thought it was uh, a little bit beneficial to go through and ask that question of, okay, did you have a positive experience? Did you have a negative experience? What made it as such? And this is where I want to pose the question to you guys. So based on this episode here today, I want to know, like, what do you want me to dive into further? We talked today a little bit further about what does it look like or what does it mean to have a willingness to learn? And hopefully that provided some information for you guys. But were there any questions that were prompted in your mind from listening to today's episode? Was there anything that you're like, oh, I have a good thought about this, Mariah. I want to talk about it a bit more. Go ahead and shoot me a message over on Instagram. Also reach out through the VEDEX um, international community on Thrive. That's where you can definitely find out more information, get involved in that community. I also just want to encourage you guys to keep being a, a good voice in the Instagram community, answering these polls, just inviting people in. That's how we bring these type of issues to the surface and we talk about them more and we make change. So with that, again, leave me any questions that you have. I'd love to dive into these topics further. Um, we've already come up with a few things that we're going to talk about in the future, meaning those characteristics of a good mentor. And then also that question of who is teaching the mentors? How do you become a good mentor? A question that will go on and on forever, I feel. But with that, I'm going to wrap up today's episode, a bit more of a mini-sode for you guys. Again, absolutely reach out. But until next time, y'all, see ya. And that's a wrap on today's episode of That Vet Life Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Now, before you go, I have a quick request. Now, podcasts and communities, they grow the best and they grow the biggest when the members spread the word. So if you know someone who you think needs to hear this episode, or if you found value in this episode and want to share it, go ahead and share this with your friends. And also, don't forget to head over to vedexinternational.com and enroll in the VEDEX community for free. You'll also get some free swag and many, many other amazing benefits. Also, leaving a review of the show on iTunes would be greatly appreciated because, again, it just helps get the word out. But until next time, y'all, I hope you enjoyed this episode of That Fat Life. 